1: You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Search Long. FM 104.
2: It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Now, does anyone remember this thing called dancing that people used to do?
1: Yes, I love dancing. I still will find myself at home with music blaring in my bedroom, dancing away.
2: Pretty much the only opportunity you're getting at the moment because of the whole situation that we're in um, with the world. Um, But if you can remember dancing, uh, I don't know if you're any good at dancing, but what would you say is the most attractive, sexiest type of dancing?
1: Do you know what? I'm strained. I'm attracted to dancing because I grew up dancing. I did Irish dancing, hip hop, break dancing, all of that. So guys that can do kind of anything when it comes to ballet or... Jazz dancing, whatever it might be, I find really attractive. Whereas other well, you girls, think jazz might hands not. are sexy, dear. Jazz feet are sexy. <laughs> ah, okay? okay, you not have jazz to use jazz dance. No, no, not jazz hands. But there's nothing more unattractive than a guy that can't dance or that has two left feet, trying his hardest to do a dad dance when he's only twenty.
2: Yeah, but listen, it's an affliction that a lot of us are faced with. I hate, I absolutely hate, hate, hate dancing cannot stand it and she, she's mad for it and everywhere like, come on! And I'm like, I'm just going to sit here like an owl lad with my pint at the table and moan. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I enjoy my days now. But no, I I can't do it. But um, uh, listen, you can let us know what you think the sexiest type of dancing is, whether you're a guy or a girl because very, very intelligent people are after taking this question up as a scientific endeavour and trying to figure out is there across the board or as much as possible a universal a dance that is, quote unquote, the best type of dance. And joining us now from Northumbria University to talk a little bit more about the research, what they found and whether you know they give you a guide on how you should be dancing in life from here on out. Uh, Dr. Nick Neve, how are you, sir?
0: Hello, I'm fine, thank you.
1: Dr. Nick, now, I read this article and I was fascinated by it, so I had to get you on to have a chat, but is there a sexy way to dance?
0: In short, yes. Um, it depends whether you're male or female. Um, we've done a lot of research now looking at male dance moves and what females find attractive in male dance moves. And, of course, we have to then follow that up with a study looking at female dance moves um, and what kind of guys found attractive. Um, And and you would expect that there would be differences, um, and there are. Um, When we looked at the guys dancing... um, we video recorded guys. Um, it was very important that we didn't use professional dancers. So nobody in our study that we know of has had any kind of formal dance training. These are just normal guys and girls. Um, and we plunk them into a room. We cover them in these kind of motion capture, um, little uh, kind of nodule things. We video them in the motion capture um, laboratory we then turn them into avatars. It's very important that we don't show the kind of real person because people might be, you know, when we get them to rate the dancers, they might be um, biased by the the, the the look of the person, how attractive they are, what clothes they're wearing, all these other kind of things. So we turn them into these kind of featureless avatars. Um, we then show the avatars to, to males and to females, uh, and we get them to rate them on uh, how good a dancer they are, how sexy they are, how attractive they think they are, how masculine or how feminine they think they are. Um, And it's very interesting that we get some quite interesting differences between um, perceptions of these dancers. So, for example, for the male dancers, what seems to signify a male dance seems to be coming from the upper body. We thought that it would be kind of fancy footwork and kind of nifty feet, Mm. um, but it isn't. It's kind of the guy's moving their shoulders, moving their arms, moving their upper body. We did a subsequent study where we actually recorded the physical strength of the guy, and we found there was a very strong correlation. So the guys who were thought of as being better dancers were actually physically really stronger in real life. And so we think that the dance is is actually telling something real about the person. It's what's called an honest signal, which is very difficult to fake. So these strong guys, you know, um, they're giving off this information Information about their kind of physical strength, their physical prowess, to other males and to other females. And so, you know, females were kind of strongly driven towards these guys who were moving a lot with their arms, their heads, their shoulders, their necks, and all this kind of stuff. When it came to the female dancers, you you would expect that it would be completely different, and it was. Female dancers, um, or a good female dancer, is uh, kind of driven by her hips, and it's the legs and the movements of the hips that people seem to find very, very attractive. And we think that those, those movements, again, are kind of honest signals. It, it, it's a kind of a badge of your femininity, your age, your reproductive potential, you know, possibly things like your intelligence and your creativity. Because, you know, to be a good dancer, you have to be able to kind of think and react and... And maybe you know plan things out which are different and, and, and give a bit of flair which is uh, all very important of course
1: So interesting because as I was saying that I find dancing quite attractive so when a guy can't dance I say, yes. I think it says a lot about them as a person as well that they may not be very yes. confident or they might suffer in other areas that doesn't appeal to me
0: Yes, yes Certainly we have done some research and uh, some, uh, some colleagues of ours in Germany have done some similar research where they've looked at the personality um, and they found that the kind of better dancers, you know, they're more kind of extrovert, they're more open, they're more agreeable. You know, again, we think that it's a real honest indicator of the personality qualities of the dancer so you know from across a kind of a crowded dance floor you can see this individual dancing and they're not just telling you about their physical capabilities they're also telling you a little bit about their personality you know again perhaps their their, 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 imaginative, their imaginativeness their creativity their intelligence and all these kind of things so yeah, you know, I think dancers often. I mean, certainly in the kind of research literature where people have looked at you know people's preferences for other people, and a lot of that literature is focused on you know whether you're facially attractive or all these kind of things. Movement is something that's really, really important, and I think it's it's often because it it's at a subconscious level. You know, we, we see somebody from a from a, from a uh, far away we can tell an awful lot about that person from the way that they move and that you know as a as a social species it's very very useful to have this kind of long distance information about people
2: mm. It is it is fascinating and obviously bad news for myself and anyone else listening who can't dance and just sits down no, to the no, side no, of the road no, because no no, no we, we've all Cormac, said it yourself and have said it's it we're dumb uh, unintelligible idiots. Listen to the professional.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cormac, you, we 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 had this from a lot of the guys. They all said loads of them said actually this is the worst thing that I've ever done. I feel so embarrassed. You know, we always made it clear to them that we weren't looking at them. You know, we kind of turned our backs to them. Um, it was kind of done in the dark almost in, mm. in the lab. But we've spoken to so many people who are say uh, dance teachers and choreographers and yoga practitioners, and they've all said that really that the, the key thing in dance is having a strong core. And if you do, you know, Pilates or yoga or go to the gym and just strengthen up those kind of core muscles, it's incredible what a difference that can make to you. If you haven't got a kind of a strong core, you actually, it's very, it's very difficult for you to dance. And so a little bit of training and a little bit of confidence can make a huge difference to any guy.
1: There you go. So you're strong, you're tall, you have it all.
2: I'll just, I won't move my feet and I'll do those pointing dances, you know, just one hand in the air just <laughs> pointing in different ways around and rotate my abs a little bit and I think uh, uh, job done. But but speaking um, Dr. Neve of specific movements, I, I see you've kind of yeah. been able to whittle down what is technically uh, the characteristics or the three characteristics of what good dancing might be down to.
0: Yes, I mean certainly for, for the female study we, we, we were able to go into that into a lot more kind of detail and we did some very, very fancy uh, statistics and analyses which I I'll be honest, I didn't fu- fully understand. We were working with biomechanists and uh, people like that—very, very, very uh, clever people. Um, essentially, it, you know, really, the, the female movements was all about the the hip swing. The kind of bigger that hip swing that seemed to be a real kind of key indicator for a good female dance. Something that was also very important was was the arm and leg asymmetry. That means that, you know, if you can imagine somebody whose legs are moving in exactly the same pattern, that's weird. That's like a robot. Do you know what I mean? If if the arms and the legs are doing exactly the same thing, that's really kind of weird. And also, if, if one arm's doing something incredibly different to the other arm that's weird as well. You know, that that's not a good sign. So we found that there was an optimum level where one arm's perhaps doing something a little bit different to the other arm and one leg's doing something a little bit different to the other leg. And provided that they're kind of in rhythm, so you've got the arms moving, you've got the legs moving, they're synchronised, but they're slightly different to one another. And combined with that hip swing, that seemed to make a huge difference on how certainly males perceived... Um, female dancers. We kind of found the same thing with, with the males, but the males, it was very much polluted around kind of head, shoulder, neck, and all this kind of stuff. And again, too much action is is too much. So if the arms are being flung around, the head's flinging around, you know, that's not a good move. And again, if 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 the arms and the head and the shoulders are doing nothing, that's really bad. So there's clearly a kind of an optimum level at which, you know, Below a certain level, and you look robotic. You're you're kind of dad dancing. You know what I mean. Above a certain level, you look mad and crazy, uh, and you're possibly on drugs. But you know, but that medium <laughs> level seems to be that seems to be the level that most people kind kind of go for.
1: And just in terms of like a dance form or dance style, as in you know, is yeah. there any particular? dancing that we find more attractive than, than something else?
0: That's an interesting question because what we deliberately kept away from in our studies is any kind of cultural background or cultural differences. I mean, if you think about traditional Irish dancing, for example, the legs are doing all the work and everything else is pretty rigid, isn't it? That That's a very specific kind of A cultural type of dance and even within that even though everybody's doing exactly the same moves and exactly the same pattern if you see a line of Irish dancers and their ranged in ability the good ones really stand out do you know what I mean? So even mm. within that kind of very limited kind of cultural kind of technique some people stand out as being better than, than, than others. There's clearly a kind of a cultural influence because some cultures have certain ways of moving they have certain dance moves mm. that are kind of you know, within the culture and people doing different things to that look of it odd. So we've, we deliberately kept away from that we used music which was just a drum beat so it took all the kind of you know, other complicating elements out of it we just got people to dance to a very very basic rhythm what we have done though we've got people from different cultures to have a look at our dancers and people from kind of germany and brazil had a look they were in agreement that a, a good dancer somebody who's moving well to the rhythm and they're using these kind of limb uh, movements which aren't too exaggerated whatever culture you you come from they all seem to be a good dancer now, of course, then, you know, if you look at specific different uh, local types of dances, you might get some weird things happening. But and, and culture, of course, plays a big role here. But we, we've we tried to keep out of that because it is a very complicated thing to think about so far.
1: Um, Cormac, you've loads of time until you're to your wedding uh, get a, to, to uh, get, uh, get a
2: good um, strength training, core training, exercise program going. And yep. we'll, fingers crossed, be able to pull this one out of the bag. Um, but listen, there you go. I hope that that has provided some useful information if you're listening now and... If and when, again, if and when we ever get to dance again, there's some uh, gems and nuggets of information in there from uh, Professor Nick Neve. Uh, Is there anywhere online, uh, Professor, before we let you go, the best place to find you and your work and what you're doing?
0: Um, I'm just at the University of Northumbria and the kind of staff pages there list... Kind of things that we're doing. To be honest, we haven't been doing much lately because we can't get any people in to do any dancing. It's oh, been God, very yeah. sad. But uh, we, know <laughs> we've. I mean, our 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 labs a bit been closed now since since March. We've had nobody in. But I think when we open the door, we'll be flooded with volunteers desperate to uh, to have a oh. dance
2: and meet other people. Hopefully. Oh. 100%, you won't have any shortage of people trying, just trying anything uh, again when we, we get out of this. But listen, uh, Professor Nick Kneeve over at the Department of Psychology over in uh, Northumbria, thanks a million for popping on. Massive pleasure. Thank you very much indeed.
1: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.